Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Here we go. Good morning. Thanks, everybody, for joining me. This is Harriet Kamek with Down to Earth. It's your daily podcast of hope, inspiration, and all things that matter. The issues that matter is what we talk about. I wanted to say a special thank you to those of you who are joining me for the first time. If this is your first time, thank you so much for joining me. And for those of you who continue to listen to our broadcast, I thank you for your support. Thank you for always uh, listening and tuning in. We're getting great feedback from those of you. I also want to say a shout out to those of you who join me from around the world. I'm always amazed when I look at the analytics and I see who you are and where you're joining me from. So shout out to the folks in Ireland who continue to support me by listening. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And thank you to the folks in Johannesburg and in uh, other parts of South Africa and in Namibia, in Bangladesh. Thank you. Thank you. And for those of you in France, that, that truly is an honor to hear and to see that you're listening. Thank you for allowing me. I know there are so many other platforms and so many other speakers that you could listen to. So thank you for tuning in anyhow. Uh, so today on our show, and as usual, if you want more information about who we are, who I am, and what I do, please go to my website, HarrietCamook.com. That is H-A-R-R-I-E-T. C-A-M-M-O-C-K dot com. There you can find information about me on the books I've written, which are available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And you can also find more information on the subjects that we do. So thank you so much. We're available on all social media platforms, LinkedIn. So if you're on LinkedIn, connect with me on LinkedIn. If you're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, even Go figure. My kids told me I had to have a Snapchat years ago. And it's like one of those things you never paid any attention. And suddenly you start paying it attention and you realize about 100 people have started following you anyhow. So thank you so much for tuning in. So today I want to talk about the opportunity cost. The opportunity cost of the choices that we make. And I want to talk about it within the context of what does it cost us for the choices that we have made. I know that opportunity cost is a term that is associated with economics. Anybody who uh, studied economics or even if you, like me, were cursorily introduced to economics in, in high school or in college, uh, then you know what, uh, you're familiar with the term, the opportunity cost. I remember when I was in uh, college, I dropped out of college, just so you know, I didn't complete my education, my college education, just so you know. Uh, I just thought I would insert that in there, <laughs> right? And I dropped out of college, but I remember the thing that fascinated me was talking about economics. I found economics rather interesting, not in a scientific way, but sort of how do things work? How do systems of money work? How were they created? Whose ideas were these? That was kind of my interest and how do we continue to perpetuate it 
And what will it look like? Will it look the same in a hundred years? Will it look different in the future? And so I was a student of economics. I mean, I asked, I was one of those students who probably ruined my teacher because I kept asking why, why, what does it mean? Elaborate, expand. Uh, what, what, what does that mean? Why does that happen? Who created this and for what purpose? And so as we, as we examine it, you see that there's some correlations to what choices we make. But before we get into that, how many of you watched football yesterday? The LSU-Bama game I missed. I was out speaking somewhere, so I missed that one. But um, the Michigan State game, what a disappointment that was. Oh, my God. They were leading 28-3, to and then all of a sudden. So Michigan State missed that. That was their opportunity cost right there. That was their opportunity cost. I mean, it just went like, boom, like you were leading by 25 points, and then all of a sudden they come and beat you? I don't know what happened there, but that was their opportunity cost. I imagine the coach is, is, is sitting somewhere this morning scratching his head like, my God, we had it in the bag. I don't know what has happened to Michigan State football in the last four years. It, 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 it kind of just like went the way of, I don't know, after they went to the Rose Bowl, they just, it, it, it was just over. It's been over ever since then. So they probably need some prayer, but I don't know if it's my prayer because I'm a little, I'm a Michigan State fan, so I'm a little caught up in that, right? And then, of course, there was college football. So today is the NFL. So it's football. And I'm encouraging all of us to take a break after my podcast has ended. You should take a break. And I'm encouraging everyone to go watch some football. Drop the politics for a minute. I don't like when uh, sports become politicized because you need an avenue and an outlet. So we're going to drop the politics and we're just going to enjoy a game of football. We're not going to think about anything else but what is going on on the field, right? And how we're going to cheer our favorite team and and be the couch uh, coach, right? We're going to coach from the couch and we're going to quarterback from the couch, (laughs) right? And we're going to cheer on our favorite football teams today. And for just a few minutes, we're just going to be ordinary folks. And it's a Sunday, and we have had our inspirational talk. And then we're just going to sit back, cook dinner. So while I'm cooking, I'm going to be watching football. And every TV in my house is going to be tuned into football. Right? (laughs) Because tomorrow is going to be real iffy. So... Right? So in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, they already have had snow. That bad boy is coming down. It's coming down to the southern tip of Michigan. Ew. (laughs) Arctic glass coming from Arctic Canada. So shout out to Canada for sending us their bad weather. Ew. (laughs) Still love Canada, though, and Canadians. (laughs) Right? So how was your weekend? How has your weekend been? Everybody been having a good time? What did you all do on Friday night? Did you do anything? Did you? You didn't do anything? No? Okay. Didn't do anything on Friday night? Okay. Saturday? What did you all do yesterday? I know everybody was trying to do their yard work and and sweeping the leaves and raking leaves and so on and clearing out the gutters because it's about to get frigid over here. We're kind of just rolling into this, like Thanksgiving looks like it's going to be frozen chosen, and we're just going to go through it. Hopefully, 
what this means is that we're going to have an early winter. Hey, hey. And it could wrap up by the end of January. Wouldn't that be sweet? Oh, wouldn't that be sweet? Instead of me sitting here showing you pictures of what my front door looks. You remember last winter? Uh-uh, we're not going there. We're not going to go there. No. Okay. So, yesterday I had the opportunity to go uh, speak somewhere. I was preaching yesterday. So, I put on my preacher girl hat. I went somewhere to preach. So, don't accuse me of being a fascist now. I, I was preaching, right? It's part of what we do. We call it speaking. It's preaching, it's delivering, it's a message. Just like other speakers, this is just another form of speaking, right? So today on our show, I want to talk about the opportunity cost of the choices that we make. And I want to talk about it within the context of how do we make choices and what would be the alternative to the choice that we make? What would it cost us? And I think we need to talk about it because Oftentimes, what we find is that we sometimes are forgetting that as individuals, we make choices. Sometimes we, make, we seem to make choices in a vacuum, like it's just something you thought of. Or sometimes we simply just make choices. Sometimes they don't look thought out when we make them. Sometimes you wonder about stuff. Sometimes you wonder if were we thinking when we made this choice. Did we, how did we arrive? At this place, how did we arrive at these choices? That's your opportunity cost. What did it cost you to make this choice? Some of us choose to, like me, I was in a time in my life when I didn't see how I could pay for college. I didn't live in an environment where I could apply for student loans. I didn't live in an environment where I had the financial support. So I dropped out of college because I couldn't see how I could make it forward. That was my opportunity cost. What did it cost me? to make that choice. It cost me everything. Do you see what I'm making? I also made a choice to marry the man I married, my first husband, and so far I've only had one. (laughs) But we're looking forward to the second time around. Amen. But the opportunity cost of that was it took 20 years to get rid of that one bad decision. The cost, what it cost me, was almost left alone, abandoned, rejected, And, of course, ignored, not taken care of the financial destitution that emerged from making that cost. This was my opportunity cost, the opportunity cost of marrying the wrong person. So I want to break it down for you because I want to put it into your everyday life and make it applicable to where you are. Because you might be thinking, I make choices every day. Is there an opportunity cost to every choice you make? Not necessarily just the most important choices that you make. And what are the most important choices that we make? We sometimes think that the most important choices we make is buying a home or buying a car. Well, that's what they advertise on TV. They want you to think that those are the most important choices. No, the most important choice you will make is choosing the person you marry. That's the most important choice. And if we stop to think about it and get out of our hormones for just a bit, and we start looking and evaluating the choices we make about the person we marry, guess what? We will know then that we've made the right choices. Sometimes we rush into a decision to get married, and we end up marrying the wrong person, and the opportunity cost costs us forever. You all can attest to that. You men are nodding your head, shaking your head, because you end up paying child support. You end up paying alimony to someone who, when you look at it, you're like, how did I end up here? 
in the first place. Well, such was my dilemma. Such was what happened to me. I made a choice to marry someone, and then I found myself years into it saying, how did I arrive at this place? What is it going to cost me to get myself out of this relationship, out of this wicked marriage? And then what it did cost me was that it almost cost me my life. That was my opportunity cost. And so you have to look at it from the perspective. Sometimes we just need to get out of ourselves. And I'm going to stay here and linger for just a bit about this relationship thing, about the opportunity cost of marrying the right person, of choosing the right person to marry. Sometimes we allow our emotions and our hormones to influence our choices. When choosing a spouse, sometimes that's why I think sometimes arranged marriages are better. Because sometimes when we think of our hormones, our hormones get happy. It's easy for your our hormones to get happy. They just need the right kind of stimulation that anybody can bring stimulation. That's not the person whom you should marry. When you marry somebody, you have to think, how are they going to fit into your life? How are they going to, if you have a business, you're bringing that person into your business. So while your hormones are happy, will your business be happy by the participation of this person? Yesterday, my daughter brought me a, 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 an Instagram of a young man she's following. He restores homes. And she, she brought, uh, she, while she was scrolling through the pictures, she was showing me he just got married. He restores million-dollar homes. So his budget is in the million. And he got married to this young woman. And just by looking at her, you could tell from the pictures that she posed, she's in it for the publicity. It appears that she's just in it for the publicity. She's in it for the money and the access that he has. But he is hung dog in love. And I thought about it, and I was wondering to myself, why did that strike a chord with me? You know, they're young. You know, you want to celebrate love, and you want to celebrate the fact that they're getting married. And I'm like... And I said, because in a few years, he's going to have an opportunity cost. And she said, what do you mean? I said, because that girl doesn't love him. He brought her into his, his business. He didn't sign a prenup because his hormones got happy. He didn't value his business enough. And now in a few years, she's going to meet one of his clients and ride off with one of his clients into the sunset. And he's going to be stuck with separating his business, breaking his business apart, giving her half of his business. And she's going to walk away with not just half of his business, but his entire heart. Because his heart will be broken. Because his business is broken. I said, that right there is his op- going to be his opportunity cost. And she was like, wow. And I said, yes, because we don't think like this. When you are going to marry someone, you have to think about the opportunity cost. What is the opportunity cost of me making this decision to be with this person? I think if most of us were to stop and think about the opportunity cost, guess what? We probably would not be with some people. There are some people we make hasty decisions for. You want a booty call, and that 2 a.m. booty call ends up in 18 years of child support. That 2 a.m. booty call ends up in a visit to the health clinic, and you being stuck with the label of having a sexually transmitted disease. That's the opportunity cost. The opportunity cost of you not going to school and getting a degree means you have to work menial jobs. For the rest of your life, you never can pay your bills. You can never get out of it. You just seem to be in this broken cycle. The opportunity cost of us not going to therapy after traumatic situations happen in our lives means we continue to live in a cycle of broken relationships, broken this, broken that, and we never get healed from the the baggage and the bondages that we carry. Yes, it's bondage. Anything that keeps you and stops 
in a way that you shouldn't, where you don't have liberated thinking, and you continually respond to situations the same way, that is bondage. That is your opportunity cost. Did you fall from the vending machine? Because you're looking like a snack. Thank you for your uh, contribution to our broadcast this morning. Thank you very much. Now keep it moving and move on to the next one. You might want to go on somebody else's page and post that. But thank you. Right? Did I fall from the vending machine because I look like a snack? Thank you. Do you see what I'm saying? That's his opportunity. The opportunity cost of me being here today is somebody telling me I look like I fell from the vending machine and I look like a snack. I don't know what to do with that. But (laughs) I really don't know how to dispose of that. Right? But thank you for your contribution. We appreciate it. I kid you not. This is what happens when you're a public official, when you're a public person, and you. this is what we go through. People say all kinds of stuff. So thank you. But do you see what I'm saying? Right? So my, so the risk of me taking a risk to marry someone who obviously was not suited for me, who I should have thought and given more thought to before pursuing, that is what happened. And my friends, marriage is not something to enter lightly. I entered into a marriage with someone whom I thought would have loved me, I thought, would have loved me and taken care of me, meaning he would never hurt me. And instead, I got beaten, almost killed, right? And it took 20 years to extricate myself from that mess. The opportunity cost. What is your opportunity cost? You're sitting there with a dream of a vision that you have to do something. What is your opportunity cost? That's what you should think about. What is it going to cost you to pursue your dream? Is it going to break up your family? Is it going to cost you your money? Your money is sometimes the least of it because you can make money over and over. You can invest money. But what about the other costs that once you invest yourself in, you can't extricate? Like that young man I told you, he invested in his hormones. Well, that's gonna, he's going to reap what he sows later on. Because you can't just get up and get married to people without thinking it through. Now, there, there, are, there is such a thing as love at first sight. And some of those folks have married and have stayed married for 30 to 40 years. Sometimes it's not even love. You just look at someone and you say, you know what, this is perhaps someone I can build a life with. This is someone who I trust who will stay with me. That's an opportunity cost. I was talking to a gentleman yesterday, and he's been married for 41 years. And this, was, this is his second marriage. The first marriage, he said, lasted only four years because they were not well-suited. They were not suited for each other. And he didn't know that until he was in it. And he said when he met his second wife, he said it was in love at first sight. He was just curious. He had seen her before and was just curious. And then they, they were introduced, and he talked to her. And then he went back and talked to her and talked to her, and then they started going out, and then it became serious. 41 years later, they're still married. That was his opportunity call. He said it's the best decision he ever made because he said it kept him through some of the toughest years in his life, that marriage kept him. Do you see what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is what is you have to assess what is it going to cost you to fulfill that what you want. And sometimes we make decisions impulsively. Who has an impulse? We all do. But do you control it? Here's one of the things I've learned. A friend of mine is someone who told me that when his friends were going through a midlife crisis, 
he was not. He said they were moving out of their homes and leaving their wives and, you know, going to buy expensive cars. He said he sat down and assessed what each of those decisions would mean for him. And he said when it got to that stage, some people went and bought a house that they really couldn't afford, but they felt like if they didn't do it now, it would never happen kind of thing. And then they ended up paying for it. He said he stayed in the same house. He has lived in for almost 15 years and tried to pay it off so that he will, he said he just sat there and made it. He said midlife crisis never hit him. He didn't go out and, you know, put on a gold chain in his chest with hair on his chest and go find somebody who is 35 years younger than him just to prove that he still had what it takes. Good morning, right? Can you believe it? That was his opportunity cost. He said for his friends who made that decision, they're still paying for it. They ended up with a second family, and now they have child support, having sent they are the first set of kids to college. Now they have child support and are stuck. Do you see what I'm saying? Real talk. Real talk. Somebody says real talk. Real talk. Do you see what I'm saying? We need to start thinking about these kinds of things. We need to start what is the opportunity cost. I guarantee you after this message today, every time you're going to make a decision, you're going to ask yourself this question, what is the opportunity cost? The opportunity cost means that it is the valuable, what is the value of the most valuable choice? What is the alternative if I don't make this decision? That's what you're going to have to assess. If I don't make the decision to marry this person, what is the alternative? Think about that. If I marry this person, what is it going to cost? You can't just bring people into your life and your hormones get happy one night, two nights, and then, you know, and it, you, you just say, oh, my God, I've never experienced anything like this. This must be the one. No, that's not the way that you make that decision, especially for yourself. You have to make a conscious decision. I'm 50. I'm 45. I'm heading into a midlife. If something were to happen to me, is this the person who is going to be there? Or are they going to take off the first time I go to the doctor? Are they going to be there? Are they just in this for the ride on my arm? Are they just wanting a ride on my arm and a ride to my bank account? And they're going to ride with me to the bank. And when they leave the bank, I am in a blessed position than ever. You've got to make it. Do I have a witness? You've got to figure out what is the opportunity cost. We allow our hormones to dictate. You go to the mall, for instance, and you see something that you like, and your hormones are like, get it, get it, get it. What is the opportunity cost of getting it, that you can't pay your bills? Right now, we're going to be faced with a situation. You know what's coming up next? The advertisers are going to kill us all with advertising for Black Friday. It's coming. So you have some limits on your credit card because you're trying all year long to pay the debt down. Am I talking to anybody in here, right? You're a minimalist, right? So you're trying to pay your debt down. So you have some space on your credit card. They know you have some space on your credit card. So they're going to flash things before you, and you're going to be like, that's a steal. So you're going to say, that's an opportunity cost because that's a steal. So after Thanksgiving, you might even leave your Thanksgiving meal on the table. Instead of sitting on the table and joining the fellowship of family and loved ones, you're going to get up and go to a Black Friday shopping, and you're going to kill it. What's the opportunity cost? You're going to wipe out the, the, the savings you have made. You're going to transfer money from your savings to your checking to cover the cost of this. You're going to max out your credit card to buy stuff that just saves 
piled up. How many of us have places in our homes where stuff is just piled up? I have a storage room. You know what I did? I cleaned it out. I kid you not. I cleaned it out. I cleaned it out and I shut the darn door. I kid you not. I cleaned it out. I'm like, the only thing that's going in there is stuff. I'm not putting anything in there. And I mean it. I cleaned it out, painted it all out and so on. And I'm like, you need to sit there empty as a reminder of why I'm never going to buy stuff that I don't need. You see what I'm saying? Minimize. Do you see? So what is going to be your opportunity cost come Black Friday? You're going to kill yourself. You're going to be so influenced. Oh, this is at a good cost. You're going to go out and you're going to spend and spend and spend. And you're going to be like, well, uh, and the more you spend is the more euphoric you're going to feel. It's actually going to give you a high. Well, the manufacturers and the retailers know that. And then they're going to kill you with stuff. So after you do that and you say, well, it wasn't so bad. I still have some money left on this car. You know what they're going to do? Come Cyber Monday, they flood you with stuff. Cyber Monday deals. Start shopping at 4 a.m. And people are going to click, click, click. And then come the end of the year, guess what? You're right back where you started at the beginning of the year. Debt ridden. That's going to be your opportunity cost. No, I'm over it. I'm at the point that the things that make me happy aren't materialistic. You go. I celebrate you. You go. Do you see what I'm saying? That's going to be your opportunity cost. And you're going to be like, man, I thought I was working on a plan to get out of debt. I mean, I thought, I thought, and not realizing you step right back into it. How many of you are single right now? Raise your hand. What's the opportunity cost of you being single? Peace of mind. They are still the physical stuff. Peace of mind. Right? Wait for the right person. Don't just let your hormones tell you that just because this one does it that way and it tickles you different, that means that's the right person. No. Don't let them smile in your face and tell you how much they love you and flutter their eyelashes and bat eyelashes at you. No. They're looking for a ride to your bank account. They're on their way to getting a ride to your bank account. They're riding right up into your business. If you don't believe me, take it on for a trial. Ask them, just take them down to your business and say, this is going to be my wife and see what happens. She starts telling you about the changes she's going to make. She starts telling the employees, there's a new sheriff in town. That's how you're going to know. Just watch what they do. You've got to be careful about that opportunity cost. It costs you something to be here. My youngest daughter is, is, is 17, right? And I, I like to tell her what it costs for her to be here. Because you tell your boys to just go steady. Absolutely. Just go steady. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with going steady? And I tell my youngest daughter what it costs for her to be here. Because kids today just think, oh, mom and dad just went to bed and I emerged. And And I'm like, no, it didn't happen like that. Let me tell you what it costs. I went through nine months. I carried your big head in my tummy for nine months. I had to hold my belly. That's how big your head was and how heavy it was. So when she was 13, she giggled. Now she's actually looking at me. She said, you know, I did go on YouTube and look up what that was like. And I just want to tell you, thank you, Mom, for doing that. I said, oh, did you watch the YouTube version of what people give birth? I said, did you see that? And she's like, yeah. And I said, it's not gross. She said, not anymore, because it looked like it was really painful. And I'm like, well, that's what it cost your big head to get here. She, she's, you know, and, and she gets it. I know you're all laughing, but I have to put it into context. 
for her to relate to it so she understands she can't just get up and just go driving somewhere and just doing whatever. It costs something for her to be here. And I outline it. I said, this is what it costs. It's not just a material cost. I said, from the day you're born until you turn 18, it took almost a million dollars to raise it. She was like, what? I said, did you see me rich? Did you see me have anything? I said, let me ask you this. If I didn't have you, where would I be right now? And she's like, I don't know, but that's a good thought. I said, think about it. What would I be doing if I weren't mothering you? I said, well, that's my opportunity cost. I said, that's what it costs for you to be here. Sometimes we have to outline it and write it down. The Bible says very clearly, write the vision and make it plain so that they who see can run with it. What it means is that if you don't spell it out for people, they're never going to see what it actually really costs for them to make the choices that they make. We all make a choice. We all have a choice to make. And when we make that choice, we make that choice based upon a series of actions. Like that young man I tell you who restores homes. Have a great future in front of him. I mean, he is a millionaire already without him even being. And he's conservative because they live in a little house and he fixed it up. Pretty soon she's going to say, no, she wants a palace. And he's going to put himself and his business into that to give her because he's going to justify it by saying, I love her. Even though something deep down inside of him is saying, boy, you better break up, break up, watch up, watch up, pull back, pull back. Because you just never know. You don't just take risks like that. What is the opportunity cost? It's the risks we take. We take risks based on decisions that we make. Sometimes some of these decisions are sketchy and we say, well, you know, and you're asking why girls do that. Why do they do that? Money, money. Today, we live in a virtual world. Everything is about everything. Today's world is very different from the world that we grew up in. Everything is virtual. People want to look at cameras, good in events surrounding it and all the pictures and they can show off their pictures and they're like this is my man about love that's your opportunity cost some of you have these people in your lives and it's all about your money it happens for women too you bring people into your lives and all they're interested in is your money it ain't about love hey do you see what I'm talking about? Why do people do that? Why do girls do that? The money, baby. The money. How much money do you have to give? You've got to ask yourself, if I weren't who I am, would this person be with me? Ask yourself that question. That's the biggest question that you can ask yourself. If you can answer that question, then you will know exactly where that person is. You will know exactly where they are. Do you see what I'm talking about? And people don't ask these things because we're in a rush. If, if somebody comes into your life and they're in a rush, we need to get to know one another. We need to take our time to get to know one another. You Sometimes you have to go through all of that and go through everybody else. And sometimes you come close to making a decision with someone. And then you realize that's not the right one. That's not the right person to be with. What is the opportunity cost? We don't sit back and think through stuff. You're going to make a big decision. You get a job offer to move to the other part of the country. What is it going to cost you to move to the other part of the country? You have to think about it. You can't just jump on the next train because guess what? What if you go over there and it's only good for a year? 
what how, what are you going to come back to? Do you have to sell the house here? Can you afford to maintain the house you live in now plus go rent an apartment to complete that job for a year? I just gave answer to somebody's question. You have to think like that because what if that fails? What if they fire you? What if it doesn't work? And then you find yourself in an environment where you don't know anybody and you're paying rent and you're out of it and you're going to lose because you don't have a job and you can't get a job. Do you see what I'm saying? You have to analyze and evaluate before you make these decisions. We don't think about the opportunity cost of the decisions that we make. We don't. We don't. We simply don't. We're too busy making the decision. Like that young man I told you about. I don't know who is his mentor. This is why I tell folks, you need three coaches in your life. You need a life coach who is going to help you with life skills. You need a business coach who is going to help you with business. And you need a spiritual coach who is going to guide you spiritually. You need three coaches in life. You don't need one. You don't need nobody. Everybody talking about a mentor, but then you all turn on your mentors. You know, I've seen this happen so much. I'm going to talk about that another time. The reason people aren't mentoring anybody anymore is because after you go in and you try to help them, they turn on you. And then they go and try to outdo you at what you were trying to help them to do. And nobody likes that feeling. Nobody likes that blowback. You're trying to be, I'm showing you how to get to where you want to get to. But then you're turning around and trying to beat me at my own game and trying to outdo me in front of the very people I'm trying to help you to get to. That's how people do it today. They're, they're avaricious and dangerous. You, you meet some people and they come into your life and they're like, you have so much to offer. Can I just tag along with you? Evaluate them. Don't jump into stuff. Any, and this is true for any relationship. Don't jump into stuff. Advise your children. Talk to your children about the people who come into your lives. You have a value to your life. And people just want to attach themselves to you. They're kind of just holding on to your coattails and trying to attach to your train. And then telling you that they have a bigger platform than you. Then telling you that they're, no, they're looking to attach themselves to your train. Don't let them pull you down. People come into your life and they, they're saying, oh, uh, we can do this together and we can build this together. Think about it. Don't let your hormones dictate. Don't let your hormones, don't let her mouth, wherever she puts her mouth or wherever he puts his mouth on your body, don't let that be what makes the decision, helps you make the decision. That's not how you make that decision. You have to think it through and analyze it. What is going to be the opportunity cost here? And if you find that you're going to make a decision to marry someone, the second question you need to ask, what if we, we don't make it? What is it going to cost me to get out of this? And if you stop to think about what it is going to cost you to get out of it, that's how you know it's the wrong person in the first place. Because if you immediately, your mind says, what if I have to leave this? What is it going to cost me? That's when you know you're in the wrong place. And if you think that, immediately you should get yourself out of it. Because you know, once you bring them in, they have rights to your business because most of you all don't do a prenup. No, you don't write out a contract. You don't say what I bring into this is mine. And from the day we get married, whatever we make is what, what ha- is ours. You all don't say that. No, you don't say that. You just get married because your hormones got happy. And you actually get swept up in it. You actually fall in love with the idea of being in love. Did you all know that? That's your opportunity cost. You don't understand how people think today. You see this virtual world? 
it has created and brought out stuff in people they probably didn't even know they were capable of. Now, everything is about how I look on Instagram. Everything is about what people think of me, people whom they will never meet. People who, frankly, don't care if you live or die. And yet, you are making decisions. People are making decisions about that. How will I look in the photographs? You, you've seen these uh, uh, reality shows about bridezillas. Just think about it. They go nuts over one day. It's one day out of your life. And they're spending $100,000 for everything to be perfect for one day. You know the stress they put on that one day puts a strain on that relationship forever? Some of them, their marriages never recover. Go back and revisit them two years later and three years later. By the three-year mark, they're at divorce court. I think some of us should ask for our money back and our gifts back if you spent money and, and two years later, they're still there. They're not married. You should ask for your money back. I want my money back. I want my gift back. I kid you not. What is the opportunity cost? Because some people think when I'm getting married, it's the most perfect date. No, you know what's perfect? Having a relationship with a person you're marrying. Knowing that you have a lifetime to live it out. That's what you should probably spend your focus on. But no one thinks about that. You know what we do? We respond to our hormones. Our hormones are stimulated. You think I'm joking? They know exactly how to get you off. Everybody looking for an Instagram model. They know how to get you off. They tell her this is the perfect woman. She has abnormally large breasts. Because when you think about it, you're like my mom and so on. They just have regular size breasts. So you guys are sitting there and her figure is just perfect. And you think that's perfect? You know the narcissism that goes into thinking like that? You know how insecure that person is having to always maintain appearances? You have any idea that you are just a prop in their life? Hey, y'all, did you realize that? Some of the folks, the opportunity cost of bringing some of these people into our lives, what you don't realize is you're a prop and an addition to their life. They're going to go on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and all the platforms and say, he asked, and I said, yes. I want to see what happens in two to three years when you are so broken and you have to split your business apart. Think about the opportunity cost. We're not thinking clearly. Say we're not thinking clearly. The opportunity cost fails us. So you have to think then, what is the alternative to making this decision? And just like I said earlier, the alternative is if you have to split up, what is it going to cost me to extricate myself from this? I remember the day I was getting married years ago when I married my first husband. I remember asking myself that question. What is it going to cost me to get out of this? That should have been the clue that I shouldn't have married him. You would have thought I would have run off. But I said, okay, I'm going to give it a try anyway. Love conquers all. No, love does not conquer all. I found out that what I thought was love was not love. Amen. Someone talking some positive vibes. Amen to that. Yeah? Do you see what I'm saying? What is the opportunity cost? We need to evaluate that when we're making decisions, even when we're making decisions to vote for the right candidate, what is the opportunity cost? Because what we think when we're voting is that we're thinking that my vote doesn't matter. My vote doesn't impact. Yes, every vote counts. Do you realize that somebody is sitting there and counting every vote for that person? So you have to think, what is the opportunity cost of me handing my vote over to someone? 
what is that going to mean for me? Are they going to enact policies that benefit me? Or are they going to enact policies that benefit the people like them? That's your opportunity cost. If we, I'm telling you, if we stop to think about the opportunity cost, we're going to make a vastly different set of decisions going forward. Is it really equal or you put a higher value of life? Yes, I put a high value on life. Life is everything. Well, I know there might be another world after you die. I don't know because I've never died. But right now, while I live, after having lived and seen some of the decisions that I have made and how the cost of those decisions have impacted me, baby, I am awake. I am what they would call woke. (laughs) I am awake. I have awakened to the fact that I need to be conscious of the decisions I'm making. Right? Years ago, I met someone. This is a true story. Not too long ago. And he said, we should move in together. And I said to him, how? I said, just casually like that. I said, let me ask you something. If we move in together and something happens to you, your children and your family are going to come and tell me to get out. If, if you get sick and you go to the hospital, I don't have a say in how you're treated. Would you want me to have a say? And he said, yes. I said, well, what is going to give me the power to have a say? And he said that getting married is just a piece of paper. I said, but it's the most powerful piece of paper. It gives me the right and it will tell me that I, at your most vulnerable moment, can act on your behalf. And I said, plus, you wouldn't want me to be displaced, do you? And he thought about it. Because what he wanted was for me to just say, okay, I'll just move in and live with you and, you know, be wise, but not, no, don't have the benefit or the legal power of it. And I'm like, no, we're not going to do that. Because when you get tired of me, you can put me aside and go pursue whatever you think you should pursue. Doesn't work like that for me. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, in the moment, I could have gotten happy with my hormones and moved in with him. And then what would have happened? Do you see what I'm saying? And then what would happen? Nothing would happen to me. I, I mean, nothing. When they're ready to tell you to leave, they just tell you, get out of my house. You have 24 hours or I'm going to leave. When I come back, you can't be here. Don't be here when I come back. Otherwise, I'm going to call the police and tell them to get you out. They tell people that. Nobody's going to tell me that. Nobody. Do you see what I'm saying? What is the opportunity cost? What is the, I said, no. What was the opportunity cost? I lost that relationship because I wasn't going to just sit down and just do what he said because it didn't seem like it was going to benefit me. It was, he was going to be the one who reaped all the benefits, not me. I wasn't going to get any benefit out of that. Did, was that an opportunity cost? Not necessarily because there was nothing. It was not an opportunity. Do you see where I'm coming from? So you have to sit down and think it through. Now, years ago, probably I thought differently because I would have just said, okay, it looks like it will all work out and you don't know exactly how it's going to work out. That's not faith, by the way. You just go in it and it will work out how it works out. No. You want to make, take time to go through it all, survive all the stuff, go through all of it. Then you know it's the right person. Because when you get married, it is for life. You want a happy life? Marry the right person. You want to live long? Marry the right person. You want to drive down the street and you're thinking of going home. A home is not a war zone. 
home is actually somewhere where you really actually want to be right now because they cook at home. Somebody at home loves you. Somebody at home is worried about you. Somebody is sending you a text like, are you on your way home? Is everything okay? Should I come and get you? That's what you want. But it takes time to make that kind of decision. You have to get to know people. So you break up with someone, and what's the first thing they do? They go jump in the sack with someone else. You should be glad you didn't marry that person because it tells you a lot about their character. So when the going gets tough, the first thing you're going to do is go be with somebody else. I don't know who I'm talking to here. <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't really, you know, what? I, you, you, do you see what I'm saying? So that's the opportunity cost. So you, here you are, you're with someone, right? And you break up. And the first thing they think of is they go call their ex-boyfriend and go jump in the sack or some guy or some girl they used to date, and they go jump in the sack. And you're sitting there like, oh, my God, I was about to invest my whole self into that. So if you were married and you hit a, you know, hit a speed bump, is that what they were going to do? You want to take time out and evaluate people. You know, I used to tell folks that if you want to know who someone is, spend some time with them, right? Go through everything. And see how they react so you get a pretty good idea of what it would be like to live with this person. Some people will tell you that immediately when they meet someone, that's the right person. And they know it because they can tell. It's just something that is in us that identifies the right person. So if you know that that's the right person, what you're doing with Shanandra and Ashley and, and the rest of them. If you know you met the right guy, why you still have Jack on the side and Jill? And maybe Sally, I don't know what people do today. Do you see what I'm saying? If it's the right person, cultivate the atmosphere around it because that's a choice that you're making. And that choice has consequences, not just for you, but for everybody else involved with you, your family, your children, right? Your business, your work, your health. Because if you ain't happy, it's going to kill you off. Because if you are not happy, you're going to be sick. you got to ask yourself, is this person in it to win it? Are they going to take care of me? Or are they going to be like, time out, I'll hire a nurse, and I'm gone. i got to go live my life. Are they the type of person who, when they hit the skids, they go down to the bar to take a drink? While you are busy working and they think they're being ignored, they go hang out with friends. Or are they at home? keeping the lights on? Are they at home just being themselves? Are they just sitting and minding their own business? Or are they out there? I'm telling you, you guys, we are not looking at this thing right. We have not been looking at it right. We have not been thinking about what it costs. What does it cost? You say, okay, my hormones feel happy. You don't even say your hormones. You just say, she makes me happy. Awesome. She makes me happy. How? What does she do to make you happy? Well, man, when she gets down on it, okay, then you know you can get the Anybody can do that. You do know that. That should not be the reason. You should. That should not be the reason. You want a happy life? Marry the right person. That's your opportunity cost. Right? I don't know why I'm, I'm staying on that because that's not where I was going with that. What is your opportunity cost? It's just like some people say, you know, if you're going into, 
if you're if you you, you want to have you want to make sure you make decisions regarding your faith well you have to know what you believe in the first place what is your opportunity cost what does it cost you not to believe talk think about that some people say i don't need god i don't want god okay you're good for the next what 30 years cuz you'll never get sick until you need god until you get sick and then the doctors say there's nothing more they can do and you're like is there a prayer someone can pray for me or you get a phone call and it's your child. That's your opportunity cost right there. What does it cost you not to believe? Some people say, well, you can't just be hunky-dory all the time. No, nobody stays on the mountaintop. Can I just be honest with you? Life is not always on the mountaintop. There are valleys in life. There are stuff that we will go through. It's not happy, hunky, hunky-dory all the time like we're all existing in some methamphetamine uh, produced uh, hallucination or so on. Life is not like that. Life is mortgage and sickness and parents needing attention and children acting out. That's life and people on the job and the boss giving you a hard time and the traffic and the congestion and the mortgage is due and the mortgage is overdue and the car note is due and the car note is overdue and I didn't make enough money and my money just seems to be going out. We're not saving enough. That's life. And some of you say, well, money can solve that. The more money you have, the more problems you have. Because your money attracts all kinds of people. Hear me clearly. Your money attracts all kinds of people who are gold diggers. And they're looking for ways to tell you how to spend your money. They're looking for ways they're going to introduce you to other people. And you just get, you feel important because you feel like you're the center of attention. And you're the center of everything. And you're distracted and you're not thinking. You can't think clearly. Step aside, man, and look at this situation in a different way. Sometimes money comes with a whole boatload of problems. Sometimes money comes at a time in our lives and we have never really lived, so we're going to go out and you're going to buy. Some people get a settlement and they go out and buy every little thing they have always wanted to buy. Don't realizing there's a word called income. Your income should dictate your outcome. Do you see what I'm saying? Your inflow should dictate how much outflows. Do you see what I'm saying? The opportunity cost. You're not going to forget this message. I kid you not. You're simply not going to forget it. You're going to remember this as you go through this week, and especially as Thanksgiving comes and Black Friday. Man, I tell you, they, they, they last year and the year before, they, they, it tickled me. And then I'm like, what am I going to go buy? I have enough towels. I have enough sheets. I buy clothes through the year. I have enough plates, pots, and pans. Do you see what I'm saying? I have enough TVs. And the stuff they sell on Amazon, it's there all year. I don't care if it's 60% off. By the end of January, it will still be there for 60% off. Think about that. So for all of you planning Black Friday and you're going to delay paying your rent for the first of the month, right? You're not going to pay your rent until the next paycheck, right? And you're going to delay your car note and you're not going to pay your child support and you're not going to pay your credit card bill because you want to go Black Friday shopping and Cyber Monday shopping. Think about it. You have some space on your credit card. Why don't you take out that money and go hide it somewhere so if anything happens, they can't find it. Take it out and put it on in your mattress or go dig a hole in your backyard or something. 
I kid you not. You have some space on your credit card. What if they cancel your credit card? Take the darn money and go hide it. Cash is always king. Hey, they don't want you to think so because they don't want to run on the banks. So we think that cash is worthless. Who walks with cash nowadays? Cash is king. You got some money in the bank, go put some in, in, in out of your mattress. And don't tell your neighbor. And don't go out there digging late at night either. They'll know you're burying something. I kid you not. So you have some space on your credit card, go take the money and hide it. I'm putting it away. Years ago, I had a friend of mine who was getting divorced. And her, she was earning more than her then husband. So she was the one who was going, they had been married for 40 years. They got married really young right? And life changed in a way. Her husband came out gay, told her he was gay after 40 years of marriage. And she had been the one who was always working and he stayed, you know, he had a more flexible job. So he was with the children most. Then the children grew up. And after 40 years, she was about to pay uh, pay him money, alimony, right? Was not fun. And she had some money. You know what she did? She took the money out and put it on a cash card. I kid you not. She took the money out and put it on a cash card. It was $10,000. It was the only money she had left. Out of that 40-year marriage, after everything was split and separated, she was left with nothing. And she had the mortgage. Because she said, I don't want the house. You keep it. So she was stuck with the mortgage. And they had just bought a house. And she took the money and put it on a cash card. And she said that's the only way she walked away with anything, and no one knew where it was. So you all have some space on your credit card. Instead of taking it to go Black Friday shopping, go invest, open a portfolio, and start buying stock somewhere. Have a portfolio of investments, and you go take the money and put it somewhere. Take the cash out. Say, yeah, I need a loan. It just adds to your balance. Because what are you going to do with it? What's the alternative? You're going to buy stuff. That at the end of the day, when you need the money, you can't convert it back to cash. I'm just being real with you all. Amen? Amen. Say, thank you, Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for letting me see this new reality that I never thought about. And they are not going to tell you because they don't want you to. If everybody were to go to the bank and start taking cash out, it would be a run on the bank. Some of these banks, this financial system would have a problem. So they tell you, you don't need to do that. Keep it there. People telling me they put their money in CDs, and I'm like, what's your interest rate? 1.9%. I'm like, look, go back to the bank and renegotiate. Tell them, I put $250,000 in your bank. You ought to pay me something called debenture. The bank don't tell you about that financial instrument. You, I'm giving you my money. Pay me something. I don't want no CD for 1.9% on my 250000 I'll keep that bad boy. Now pay me for using my money to give a loan to somebody. Go in there and walk up in there and see how different. As a matter of fact, what you do for me today is give me $200,000 of that and just keep the 50000 And go take the 200000 and go hide it. Cash is king. Because they ain't going to pay you no more because they don't want you to be rich. They want your cash so they can use it to go loan to others so they don't have to print more money. Hey, let me shut up. The opportunity cost. The more I talk is the more you're learning. I'm going to shut this down <laughs> and stop talking. Amen. <laughs> if this message has been a blessing to you, I encourage you to go to the ExodusFoundation.com. Right on our homepage, make a donation to help me 
help victims of human sex trafficking. I need your faithful financial support to continue to provide for the victims who have been victimized by some of our friends and fathers and grandfathers and uncles and people who just feel like they're not getting sexually satisfied so they're going to have sex with people who are economically and emotionally vulnerable. So go to my homepage, theexodusfoundation.com, click on donate and leave us with a financial blessing. I expect you to do that today. And it's helped me to keep us on the air. I still have to pay the cable bill. I still have to pay the internet bill to help us to do that. I want to thank you so much for your continued support of myself, Harriet Kemmock, and go to my website as well as go look for my books on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Thank you so much for your support. I'll be back tomorrow to talk about this and the subjects that matter. Have a great Sunday. And you promised me, you did promise, that we're all going to watch football. Are we all going to watch some football after this? Yep, we're all going to, we need some healing. And we're going to watch some football. And if you cook, cook something. Or if you don't cook, your wife or your girlfriend cooks, just sit there and enjoy. Don't think about anything. Don't think about Monday nor Tuesday in the moment. Let's just watch some football, right? Thanks, everybody. Be blessed. Love you. Thank you so much for your support. This is Harriet Cameron with Down to Earth. Thanks so much, everybody. <laughs> I had fun. Did you? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.